All right, let's turn in the Word of God to Habakkuk. All right, we'll begin by just reading a few verses from chapter, chapter 1. All right, verses 1 through 4, verses 1 through 4. Chapter 1, the burden which Habakkuk, the prophet, did see. O Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? What's that exclamation mark? He's sharing his heart. Even cry out unto thee of violence, of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore wrong judgment proceedeth. Let's pray. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you again through the blood and name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And again, Lord, we bring these requests before you. Again, Lord, uh, we mention uh, Sister Pam. Lord, again, uh, touch her right now physically, spiritually, emotionally, mentally in every area. God, I pray uh, that you would touch her and you would strengthen her in the inner man with might by thy Holy Spirit. Lord, we think of uh, Sonny. Lord, we think of Sister Muxle. We think of Sister Barnett and uh, others, God, with physical need tonight. Lord, please uh, touch them and help them. Uh, Lord, uh, work in their lives. Lord, we thank you uh, for uh, the praises uh, that we've uh, heard tonight. Thank you, Lord, for hearing and answer prayer. Lord, we confess we need you tonight, Lord. We're dependent upon you. And Lord, I pray uh, you'd help us even tonight, Lord. We don't want to assume that everybody listening or everybody that's here is saved. And Lord, if there's somebody here that needs to be saved, God, work in that heart tonight. And uh, Lord, we just uh, want to see you glorified. We want to see you build your church. We want to see souls get saved, lives get changed. And uh, Lord, I pray, uh, dear God, that you just help us to continue to sow the seed and do what you'd have us to do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, uh, of course, we look at this book. It's referred to as a, a uh, minor prophet. And, of course, that just has to do with the, the size of it. That's one of the, uh, the smaller books. It doesn't mean the message is minor, right? <laughs> Nothing in the Word of God uh, is, is, is a minor. No message in the Word of God is minor. But of course, it's known as one of the minor prophets, of course, because in every book of the Bible, there's something major to be, to be learned and to be taught. And so, uh, of course, uh, again, uh, looking at these uh, uh, verses, let's just uh, read those again and think about Think about the headlines. I mean, you read these verses, you think about the, uh, the headlines here. Now, notice it says, the burden, the burden. I want to think about that thought a little bit tonight. The burden, which Habakkuk the prophet did. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry and thou wilt not hear? I'm sure we've all felt like that uh, sometimes. We had a great burden, we had a great need, and we cried out to God. And we, we wondered when he was going to move on it. All right, and he says this, even cry out unto thee of violence, and thou wilt not save. Why dost thou show me iniquity and cause me to behold grievance? For spoiling and violence are before me, and there are that raise up strife and contention. Therefore the law is slacked, and judgment doth never go forth. For the wicked doth compass about the righteous. Therefore, wrong judgment proceedeth. Boy, doesn't that sound uh, uh, make us think of headline news? And of course, uh, what's happened here in, in Texas this week is just uh, devastating. 
You know, a lot of times after something, some event like that happens, you know, you hear people say, well, you know, our, our prayers and condolences are with them. But did you hear what a lot of people have been saying? A lot of people say, well, how good are your prayers doing? Huh? We don't want to hear your prayers. Well, I've, I've heard stuff like that in the news. And, and uh, you know, that's pretty wicked. But I, thought, I got thinking about this. <laughs> I said, well, you know why we're having to pray after events like this? You know why we got to pray after events like this? Because they won't let us pray before them. See, they'll let us pray for an elementary school after an event like this has happened. But they wouldn't let us, you know, two weeks ago, if you would have tried to go into that elementary school and prayed, they would have stopped you. You see, uh, uh, our nation's uh, um, uh, uh, kicked out of, uh, got out of schools. I'll never forget, uh, you know, when I was in the Ukraine, now here's this country uh, just coming out of communism at the time, and we were teaching in a school. And uh, we got to preach in this school, and we got to pray in this school. And I'll, I'll never forget this as long as I live as a young missionary. Uh, uh, we said, are there any questions? Now, I think it was the principal of the school as it said, are you allowed to do this in America? And you know what I tell I said, well, I'm ashamed to tell you this, but there's a lot of schools in America that wouldn't let us come in and preach, wouldn't let us come in and pray. And we're thankful that we have this opportunity to be in this one today. But, you know, I want to get a sugar coat. I said, you know, we used to be. I said, America was founded on these, these things. America was founded on uh, the Word of God. I remember uh, one time in Bulgaria, I was invited to, to speak at this university. <laughs> I still think about the day and I laugh my head. So what's a guy like me doing a place like this? Right. I was asked to speak at this university to, to a bunch of law students. Right. I was asked to speak to these uh, uh, law students. Right. Not because I was some intellect, just because I was an American. Right. So, you know, hey, I, 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 I mean, I'm not very smart. You guys have already figured that out. But, you know, you've heard of the uh, who's heard of the wall builders. Who knows the wall builders? Right. Well, you know what I did? Hey, I know how to take notes. I watched their if you ever watching their videos, they have a video called America's Godly Heritage. Right. And how America was founded on the word of God and things. And I watched that video and took notes. And basically, I talked that video to these law students <laughs> in Bulgaria. And I said, hey, you want to know why America's a great country? Because it was founded on the word of God. You know, I said our three, uh, you know, we have uh, one government, but right, three branches. I said that that thought comes from one verse in Isaiah. Did you know that? That, that comes from one verse in Isaiah. There's a verse in Isaiah that says the Lord is king. Right. The Lord is judge and the Lord is the lawgiver. So what do you have? The Lord is king. What's that? That's our executive branch. The Lord is judge. Right. Well, we got our Supreme Court, right? The Lord is the lawgiver, our legislative branch. But yet he's one Lord. See, one that, that thought came right there in the word of God. And so remember, the key to just help you kids out, the key to intelligence isn't knowing all the answers. The key to intelligence is know where to find all the answers. So, you know, I'm pretty smart. I got the word of God. Right. I know where to find the answer. Right. So anyways, hey, I fake them out. That's what matters. Right. But uh, listen, but that's true. And, and, and we've gotten away from that. And so everybody said, oh, and, and, and you know, I, I, I got upset even, uh, you know, you, and what are, the, what are they going to now? They always have to find, you see, nobody has to be accountable. Now, what's the big thing? Every, every time something like this happens, what do they go to? They go to mental health, mental health. I'm not saying there's not people that don't do those things that don't have mental issues, right? 
But we know at the end of the day, it, what's the problem? It's a sin issue. It's a kicking God out of the school issue. It's a not want to, as we're going to see in the Word of God tonight, right? Our country turning away from the Word of God. And it's sad because it's always the innocent that pay the price. And this whole world's got things backwards. You know, I saw in the news today some, uh, some uh, stupid talk show, you know, uh, I don't get sidetracked because of these all, 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 all these women that think they know everything that need to probably just go home and bake cookies, to be honest with you, and get off of TV, right? They, they need to go home and bake cookies and do some vacuuming. Maybe that's straighten them out. Anyways, I don't want to get off on that. But, you know, they're all there saying all these things. You know what they're saying? They're, 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 they're rebuking because, you know, uh, uh, these, these uh, people that say they're against abortion, but they're uh, for the death penalty. And they're saying, well, that's hypocrisy. You know, before they go off the air, though, I would like to go on one of them and get interviewed a little bit and just tell them, say, say you know, how is that hypocrisy that you're for saving the life of the innocent, but you're for taking the life of the guilty? Explain how that's hypocrisy to me. How taking the life of the innocent is the same thing as taking the life of the guilty. You know, and I, I'm getting sidetracked, but that's okay. And how, you know, you say you believe in God. Well, do you believe in God? Oh, yeah, I believe in God. Oh, you do? Oh, yeah, well, you know, I'm a, you know, I don't want to pick on Pelosi. You know, I'm a staunch Catholic. Oh, do you believe in God? Do you believe that? Do everybody has, a, I'd like to ask her, do you believe everybody has an eternal soul? Do you believe in a God that gives everybody an eternal soul? Well, who are you the right to take to separate that eternal soul, amen, from that life that God gave the moment it was conceived? See, they don't think about that, right? They just think, oh, well, it's just a bunch of... Anyways, that's how we get into this, this mess, right? They're, they're, the moment they take that, you can say, well, it's, it's, it's eight cells or 16 cells or whatever it is, whatever you want to say, but all I know is that when they cut up that baby inside that womb, what it caused it to stop, that they're releasing a soul that God put in there, and they don't have the right to make that decision. Anyways, that, so, but that's what's going on here, the, the, the wickedness. And so uh, Habakkuk, he has a burden because he looks out and he sees the wickedness going on in his nation and he knows that God's about to bring great judgment upon his na nation. And that's what we need to realize. There's great wickedness going on in our nation because they've turned against God and judgment has to come upon our nation. Nation, So he has a burden. But of course, the great verse of Habakkuk, as we'll see, is uh, chapter 2, verse 4, which says the second half of that says what? The, the, the just shall live by faith. So we need to realize that God has called us, despite what's going on, to live by faith. What are we to do in times like these? <laughs> the just shall live by faith. You know, we look out in the world, we say, well, there's war going on in the world. What are we supposed to do? The just shall live by faith. We look out and we see sin is abounding everywhere, like we've seen in Texas. And, it's, and we see these gay pride. I don't get sidetracked on that. You know, listen, if you're really proud of yourself, you wouldn't have to try to prove it to somebody. 
You wouldn't have to try to prove it to somebody. You're, tr- you're not trying to convince me. You're trying to convince yourself when you have those events. You're not trying to convince me. You're trying to give, convince yourself that you have something to be proud of because you know you're not really proud of it. But when sin is abounding, what are we to do? The just shall live by faith. World leaders, right, are taking us in the wrong direction. What are we supposed to do in times like this? The just shall live by faith. And that's what we're called to do. Turn over to, to Jeremiah and you see, of course, Habakkuk, right? He was a, uh, he was a contemporary. We'll look at that in a minute. But uh, let me g- give you this. So th- what, what, the, what this uh, is telling us, no matter what our circumstances may be, we can be victorious through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, Habakkuk lived on the eve of the captivity of his nations. The Babylonians were about to come in and uh, take everybody into captivity, right? They were getting ready to come down here on Judah, which was, of course, was the southern uh, kingdom, and destroy it. And, of course, the temple would be ransacked. Of course, that's what we're talking about in Ezra, it being rebuilt. But uh, in this age of wickedness, right, we see that Habakkuk has a burden for his people. And uh, I like that thought of a burden. And rarely is anyone greatly used of God that doesn't have a great burden for something that God is doing. And uh, listen, when God calls a, 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 a missionary to some place, he puts a great burden upon that missionary for that place. When God calls a pastor in a church, what? That, that church becomes a burden upon the heart of the pastor, and he carries that, that upon his, his heart. But also as individual believers, right? As a church, we should carry a burden upon our heart about uh, the lost around us, our lost loved ones. Uh, the condition of our nation should be a burden upon our heart. And so uh, that's, uh, that's, is, that's the thought. So uh, let's, uh, let's uh, look, at this, look at this here. So Habakkuk was a contemporary of Jeremiah. So turn over to Jeremiah chapter uh, 36, and we won't read uh, all the verses, but let's look at a few verses here. They both served the Lord under King Jehoiakim, right? And in this verse, it gives us an insight about the spiritual condition of Judah in Habakkuk's day. In this passage, we find that when the word of God was read uh, to the king, we see how the king treats the word of God. And this is a king. This is a king of Judah, right? I mean, the, the lineage of David. The great psalmist of Israel, one who was used to write, write great portions of the Word of God, but yet look at how one of his descendants treats uh, the Word of God. First, let's read verses 1 through 3 of Jeremiah 36. It says this, And it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, that this word came unto Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Take thee a roll of a book and write therein all the words that I have spoken unto thee against Israel. Notice that, all the words that I have spoken unto thee. God's the author, right? God's the author. I've spoken against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day I spake unto thee. Man, he's saying, hey, Jeremiah spoke unto you from the days of Josiah even to this day. It may be that the house of Judah, notice verse 3. Now think about all this wickedness going on, but yet despite all this wickedness, look what God says in verse 3. It may be that the house of Judah will hear all the evil which I purpose to do unto them. 
Look at this, that they may return every man from his evil way. Look at this, that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. What a statement. Here's what you'll notice about God. Even though he pronounces judgment, even though he's willing to bring great judgment upon his people, God wanted to show mercy. God always prefers for the forgiveness route, if you will, over judgment, and he hoped they would repent. Listen, America deserves to be judged for its wicked condition, and God is willing to judge America because of its wicked condition. But what would God prefer? God would prefer for them to realize their condition and repent, amen, and have them turn back to him. And that's what he said to these places. Now, jump, drop down to verse. So he, he, uh, God says, hey, I'm going to give you something to write. Write it down. And we see that they read it to other people. Then finally, they read it to the king. We'll begin in verse 20 uh, over here. Jeremiah 36, beginning in verse 20. Give me a second here. I told you I started using this new Bible, verses 20. All right. And we'll read 20 through 25. It says, and they went into the king, into the court, but they laid up the roll in the chamber of Elishama, the scribe, and told all the words in the ears of the king. So the king sent uh, uh, Jehudai the, to fetch the roll, and he took it out of Elishama, the scribe's chamber. I probably pronounce it every different every time I say it. <laughs> That's funny. And Je Jehudi, Jehudi, right? Read it in the ears of the king and in the ears of all the princes which stood beside the king. Now the king sat in the winter house in the ninth month, and there was a fire on the hearth burning before him. And it came to pass that when Jehudi had read three or four leaves, look what the king does. He cut it with the penknife and cast it in the fire that was on the hearth until all the roll was consumed in the fire that was on the hearth. Yet they were not, look at this, yet they were not afraid nor rent their garments neither the king nor any of his servants that heard all these words. Nevertheless, Elnathan and Deliah and Gemariah had made intercession to the king that he would not burn the roll, but he would not hear them. You see, this is just like where we are in America. The leadership of our country has no fear of God. As a matter of fact, they mock. Again, people like us are the enemy of the state today. They mock God. They have no fear of God. They have no fear of his word and they have no fear of his servants. And so Habakkuk saw the judgment of God coming and it did come. Matter of fact, uh, he, he talks about it in several places. So as we think about how our own beloved nation has turned from God we need to ask God to give us a sincere burden for his work, amen, to be done in this nation. So here we see a dark hour upon this nation, and it's reminding us of the dark 
hour that is upon our country. But uh, thank God that he gets a, a, he has a burdened heart. And then we see that burdened heart turn to a desperate heart. Habakkuk's burden gave him a desperate heart. And out of a desperate heart, he cried unto God. And that should be our desire that as we look out the condition of our country, as we look out and see the condition of our, uh, uh, what's going on around us, we should get a burden. And that burden should make us desperate to get a hold of God. That burden should lead us to get desperate about getting uh, a hold of God and seeing God work. And we see that, of course, in Habakkuk chapter 3. Turn over there to chapter 3. We'll read verses 1 and 2. It says this. Look, uh, uh, chapter 1 started off a burden of Habakkuk. And you see what it leads him to? That burden led him to prayer. That's the best thing that can happen. Hey, if you are burdened about something, the best thing you can do is what? Take it to the Lord in prayer. Take it to the Lord in prayer. A prayer of Habakkuk. So we see we went from a burden to a prayer of Habakkuk. The prophet upon Shiganoth. The O Lord, look at what he says. I have heard thy speech and was afraid, O Lord. Look what he says. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known in wrath, remember mercy. And so notice that statement, revive thy work. And notice that in the midst of the years, boy, a good time to cry out for revival is in the midst of difficulties. Oh, Lord, in the midst of difficulties, Lord, revive thy work. Right? In the midst of apostasy, which is what we see a lot condition of a lot of our churches. We should cry, O Lord, revive thy work. In the midst of confusion, there's a lot of confusion in our nation. We should be crying, O Lord, revive thy work. Right? In the midst of everything going on, it'd be a good time to cry out, Lord, revive thy work in the midst of anything going on. Where's the Lord like to be? He likes to be in the midst. <laughs> Where two or three are gathered together, what? There am I in the midst. Amen. So in the midst of everything, you know what you need to do? Get him in the midst. <laughs> That's the best way. When you're in the midst of something, get him in the midst and he can work it out. And so his burden turns into a prayer, a desperate cry to God. And out of a desperate heart, he asked God for revival. And of course, that was the great need. They had forsaken God and they needed to return to him. And he was prayed, oh God, in wrath, remember mercy. And we need to seek God for mercy upon our nation. This prophet's prayer is revealing to us because we have many voices telling us Right, what we need in our country today. Oh man, if we just elect this person, if we just get that. No, listen, uh, judgment must begin at the house of God. I might say that, but listen, we're the ones that need to get serious. We learn from Habakkuk that our greatest need is the need of revival. And uh, what do uh, uh, ministers uh, uh, need? Listen, uh, I admit I, I need revival and desire revival. What do Christians need? Right. For God to stir our zeal and God to stir our enthusiasm afresh. Right. Revival begins in the hearts of individuals. In this dark hour, we must have a desperate heart. Right. You say, God, give me a burden heart. And then as I get that burden heart, I take that burden to the Lord in prayer and a desperate cry unto him. Amen. To move in my heart, to move in my home, to move in my church, to move in my nation. Right. Revival is a new beginning to what the obedience of God. 
And so he realized, right, the need for revival, and he became desperate, and he realized that God was the only one that could do what needed to be done. He realized his dependence upon God. So he sort of looked at it this way. He started off with a burden in his heart. He took that to God in prayer and he got a desperate heart. And then, right, he realized in his heart that he needed to be completely dependent upon God. We are completely dependent upon him. Turn down to Habakkuk and read verses 16 through 19 in uh, chapter 3 here. Notice this. The burdened prophet Habakkuk came to a place of dependence upon God and God alone. Until we get to the place of total dependence upon God, he's not going to do what he alone can do in our hearts and for our nation. Let's read verses 16 through 19 together, which this. Now, he heard about the judgment coming. And notice what he says in verse 16. When I heard, my belly trembled. My belly trembled. When is the, you know, um, when is the last time uh, we, 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 we trembled before God for our nation? My lips quivered at the voice. Rottenness entered my bones, and I trembled in myself that I might rest in the day of trouble. When he cometh up unto the people, he will invade them with his troops. Right? Talking about the army that's going to come down. Right. And bring God's judgment upon the nation. Although the fig tree shall not blossom. Look at this. Neither shall fruit be in the vines. The labor of the olive shall fail and the field shall yield no meat. The flock shall be cut off from the fold and there shall be no herd in the stalls. He's talking about all these things that are going to happen to his nation. That God reveals to him the judgment that's going to come upon his nation. But look at this, verse 18. Yet, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. What a, what a wonderful thought. Listen, uh, we, need to, we need to be burdened for our nation. We need to pray for our nation. We need to be desperate for our nation. We need to be dependent upon God for our nation. But despite it all, we still need to worship our God. Amen. Despite what's going on, he says, listen, I know this is going to happen unless, unless God just moves in and the people repent. I know this judgment is coming. But despite that, you know what? God is still good. Despite that, God is still worthy, yet I will rejoice. And that is what we need to say and do, despite whatever is going on, right? Let's think about it this way. Despite, I will still do right. <laughs> hey, all this stuff going on in our nation, and we need to pray about it. But despite that fact, amen, we're still going to do right. Though a lot of things are affected, right? He says all these things are going to be affected. The fruit's going to be affected. The olives are going to be affected. The fields are going to be affected, right? Uh, uh, the cattle are going to be affected. But you know one thing that's not going to be affected? God. God's not going to be affected. Why? Because he changeth not. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. No matter what's going on today, God is the same. And God is in control. And so uh, uh, we, need to, we need to, listen, it says, uh, the just shall live by faith. So no matter what's going on, we still need to, amen, keep believing. No matter what's going on, we still need to praise him, 
right? Don't let it get us down except on our knees. <laughs> Listen, if life's going to get you down, just let it get you down on your knees so that you, amen, uh, seek him harder and trust him more. So as we, as we, as we finish up here, let's, let's finish with this thought. How did this, how did this uh, thought start off? We started off with a burden heart, with a burden heart. Think, be honest with yourself. Say, Lord, do I have the burden that I should have tonight for souls? Lord, do I have the burden that I should have, amen, for my lost loved ones? Lord, do I have the burden that I should have for my nation with all that's going on around me? Lord, when I, when I, when I saw the, the, the news, what happened, all that, Lord, did that, did, that, did that put a burden on me or did that add to the burden that I have of what's going on in my nation? So, and then it says, that we saw led him to a desperate heart. How desperate am I to really see God do something fresh in my life? How desperate am I to really see God do something fresh in my home? How desperate am I to really see God do something fresh in my church? How desperate am I to really God see something, do something fresh in my nation? If you really become desperate, then you know what? You'll really become dependent. Because you'll realize he's the only one that can do what needs to be done in your heart. He's the only one that can do what needs to be done in our homes. He's the only one that can do what needs to be done in our church and in this nation. So our desperation, amen, will lead us to, 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 to amen, let go of all these other things that are sidetracking us in life and get totally focused on him because we're totally dependent upon him. Amen. To see these things get done. So, uh, what, so where am I in that? Do I, do I need to pray for the burden or do I feel the burden, but I just need to become more desperate or I'm burdened and I, I feel the desperation. Amen. But I'm not quite there being dependent upon God uh, as I should be. So we always look where we're at in there and say, God, bring me to where I need to be, where I'm, uh, where I'm carrying the burden and I become totally desperate and I'm totally dependent upon you. Turn my burden into a prayer, dear God. Uh, help me, Lord, despite what's going on, uh, to, to live by faith, amen, and, and step out by faith to trust you. Lord, I, even though I want to be aware of what's going on this way, amen, my, 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 my cry and my dependence is this way upon you, Lord, and I'm, I'm trusting you, amen, to see something fresh in this day and age. And say, like Habakkuk, we are called to serve God during our dark hour in history of this nation. And it is a dark hour on our nation, right? But you know what? That's okay because you're called to be the light. And what? The darker the, darker the hour, the, light, the, the brighter we should shine, right? Note the similarities between Habakkuk's day and the situation in our own country today. We must have a burden for God to work in our lives and work in our nation. And again, the greatest need we have is for revival. Revival is a new beginning of obedience to God. So let's begin to seek God uh, for mercy and pray, amen, uh, for revival. And again, that will begin uh, in our own heart. And uh, that's definitely, we look out and you see, you know, I think about it's just devastating what happened uh, in the school. These poor, innocent uh, 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 children, uh, 
And it's great. Hey, it's right to pray for those people. It's right to pray for that nation. But we need to get back to where we're, we're, instead of where we're praying after these situations, amen, we get prayer before the situation. And if we can get prayer back in the, the, uh, the, where it should be, amen, and we get praying like we should, then uh, maybe we can avoid a lot of these situations. Because at the end of the day, hey, it's, all, it, it, it's, a, it's, always, it's a sin issue. It's a sin issue. They always, again, I'm not saying there's not people that don't have mental health. Of course, we understand that. But, but, but the majority of it, it's a sin problem. It's a, it's a sin problem in the individual. It's a sin problem in our nation that we have turned against God. And so you have to expect, right? When, when, when you totally turn against God, well, then you're going to end up with total depravity. And that's what you see in people that go out and do it like that. They're totally depraved. But what do you expect, amen, when you've taken all light, when you take the light out, all that's left is darkness. All that's left in darkness. So let's pray.